Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Uh, I'll say something. Okay. Keynote speakers include Prophet Elizabeth Tyam Pooh. Hmm. My God. Jane Johnson. Assistant Chief Prophet Angela Powell. You know, I hijacked that from last year's commercial. Oh, yep. <laughs> Oh, I love it, Prophet CT said, I will be foot stomping for sure, for sure, for sure. Listen, if you are looking for a new church, exploring one, maybe you're not quite getting everything you want or need at the church that you're at, visit us at the Congregation of the Mighty every Sunday. We're here 8 a.m. for Sunday school, 10 a.m. for our main service, and then also midweek service is at 6.30 p.m., midweek adult and youth group right here at the embassy. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial break about the Congregation of the Mighty. And if you are online, and you're not in Tulsa, or maybe you are part of another church, and you still want to check us out, you can also watch us online every week as well. We'll be right back. What's the, what's the deal today? I didn't get one. I saw the email. And the lessons to get to send it to me. Maybe so. Yeah, she sent it to me. Oh, she sent it to you. Prophets Month into multiple months, which is going to be the year of the prophet, <laughs> okay? Uh, we're offering 10% off the PAQ assessment, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire Assessment. 10% off. The code is Jesus and Paula. On here it says valid through Friday. I think we're going to push that through the weekend. Some of you aren't even going to catch this show until Saturday. And so we're going to push this through Monday. We'll let the powers that be know. 10% off the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire and 10% off the Prophets Trio. 
which is the Prophet's Dictionary, the Prophet's Handbook, and Assessing Your Prophetic Self off of the bundle. And again, the code is Jesus and Paula. That's so easy to remember. You want to do that. Now, last week, previously in the Prophecy Clinic, that's how I feel we should say that, previously in the Prophecy Clinic, Dr. Price rolled out this revelation that had us at a loss for words. We were dumbfounded and confounded. One of the things that she said, a potent prophetic, uh, she called this, talked about potent, oh, let me address this, potent prophetic principles part one on charisma. So you want to check out the charisma website, charisma podcast, Dr. Price has on charismapodcastnetwork.com, taking it on, and you can download and stay connected with what she's doing there. Last week in the Prophecy Clinic, let me tell you something. Dr. Price is the only person I know who can do a broadcast that you can make a school. (laughs) She started with the message, messenger, mantleship, manifestation of God's word and the prophet. The prophetic is the main organ in God's world. When you think how she says, and we teach here that God starts everything with a prophet. And then when we find out in Luke that Abel was the first prophet and how God really did start everything with a prophet, the first civilization was established by Abel, now birthed by his parents, established by him. How do we know? Because he was the authority to tell his brother Cain that his sacrifice was not going to be accepted by God. We really don't think about what that means because we tend to bring all of these sibling squabbles down to sibling squabbles. It's just, oh, rivalry. He didn't like what his brother said, not that he didn't like what an authority said. Because, come on, I have a brother, and if I was doing something and he said, well, mom's not going to like that, you know what I would say? Who cares what you think? I'm not going to kill him over it. I'm just like, who cares what you think? You're not the boss of me. You're not mom or dad. These are all the things that we say to our siblings. You're not in charge of me. And Cain was the older brother. And so what made Abel so special that him saying God was rejecting Cain's offering was a final word. It was not his opinion. It was not anything like that, that in our minds we make it out to be, well, they just got into a fight, and then his brother killed him, and, oh, it was a temper flare-up. But when he said God wasn't accepting it, how do we know? Because God backed that up when he said to Cain, in essence, (coughs) fix your face. What's wrong with you? You know how you do? You're acting up and the kids, your face is all twisted and your attitude and you start kicking rocks and hitting trees and he might have slapped a donkey or something. We don't know. He was mad. God is like, what are are you doing, son? What is your problem? Fix your face. And he was having this whole exchange with him. He did not undo what Abel said. He didn't tell Cain, oh, son, no matter what you offer me, it's going to be fine. I love you just the same. None of those things happen. He let him know, you, this is your opportunity to straighten out because sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. Sin is waiting. It's knocking to take you out. That was the Lord's follow-up to his whole moment with his brother. And so he, and, and, and of course, as we know how it ends up, he ends up killing him. So we have to come all the way down to the book of Luke to discover that Abel was named as the first prophet in Scripture. 
He did not, we don't have a prophecy from Abel. We don't have a book from Abel. But what we have is him establishing God's order on earth as being the first person recorded to establish how to bring your sacrifice unto the Lord. This is before Moses. This is before the law. This is before the tabernacle. This is before the Ten Commandments. This is way before all of that. Abel was establishing what God wanted. We're so disjointed with our understanding of Scripture and so disjointed, we, we cherry-pick. I mean, we really do the Sunday school memory on the whole word. <laughs> As adults, we still remember what? What we learned in Sunday school. Well, there was uh, the garden, that's where they fell. And then there was uh, the fruit thing and the woman thing. Now there's always the woman thing. We're just not going to get past that. Me and her fault, even though it said that her husband with her, who was with her, Adam was with her when all this was going down. I mean, I remember growing up kind of being taught that she was there with the snake, and then she went to get her husband, and he was like, oh, what's going on? I don't know. Mm. Hey, Adam, why don't you have this piece of fruit? Oh, okay, I'll just take it. And he bites it, and then the sun melts in the sky, and it turns blood red, and then everything happens, and it falls apart. Woman, what did you do to me? You, thou hast deceived me. I mean, this is, am I alone? And really, that's how you were kind of taught the whole Garden of Eden account and the fall of mankind. That Adam was hoodwinked by that seductive wife because, you know, she didn't have any clothes on. That's the seductive wife. And she just slinked around. And, Adam, why don't you just taste this fruit that I found? I just discovered this over here on the other side of the river. You know, and she had on her special perfume that she wore to seduce him. And they promised him a date night, took him out on date night. Why don't you try this? And she served it up in this special dish. Like he just didn't know what was going on. And then when you go back and actually read the scripture the way it was written, and it's like her husband who was with her, Adam was with her in this whole account. Totally changes how we view everything, doesn't it? Because Adam was always the victim. Because the man is always the victim of that sly, devious woman. Now, there are sly, devious women. Proverbs talks about them, okay? So it's, it's all there. But that wasn't true for that account. That wasn't true for that. He was there. He knew. He was watching to see, well, she ate. Everything's okay. You know how we do with friends? Like, were you with friends? Who about to get everybody in trouble with the gang of friends? There's that one bold, rebellious one. I'll do it. And then they do it. Nothing happens. Well, nothing happened to them. And everybody else dies, okay? <laughs> That's how it happened with Adam and Eve. Because the covenant wasn't with Eve. It was with Adam. And we come down and we have Cain and Abel. And Abel was a prophet. God needed Abel. Now he needed prophets in the planet because sin had entered into the world and he backed out. I'm out. I'm rolling. I'm taking myself out. Because what he walked, his presence walked with Adam in the cool of the day. He didn't need a prophet in the garden because he was showing up himself. Now, sin entered in, got to go. Y'all don't know what to do with me when I'm here. I'm out. This is, of course, my language. There's, this is not any kind of translation of scripture. And so he's out. And now we have prophets. And the prophet where ideally where Adam failed God, Abel had to pick it up. Adam couldn't be trusted. Adam fell out of God's grace, he fell out of his favor, he fell out of his spirit, and now God is using his son to establish civilization and not just creation, because the garden was creation. 
once all of this post happened, whatever the original plan was, was over. That's a wash. It's over. Now we're doing this. I'm going to pick this son who has my heart, clearly, because this first one belongs to Satan. And we see that because when he couldn't have his way and he couldn't push his way around, he murdered his brother. So we see that he proved who his real spiritual father was. And then Abel being the prophet establishing civilization, God starts everything with the prophet. This is why we say this. I mean, we just don't have slingo around here because it sounds cool, even though that does sound cool. But it's actually accurate. And she said last week, God speaks to produce, provide, and perform, not just predict. Let's think about that. Prophecy is to produce, provide, perform, and not just predict. For example, let's pull a – anybody want a biblical example? We'll pull a biblical example. I'm going to give one anyway. We'll pull one, um, Elijah and the drought. Now, that, that was not – even though he prophesied what was happening and what was going to do, his mantle bound up the heavens. It performed the word. It didn't just say the word. And so somebody walking in the office of the prophet and not just the gift of prophecy has the ability to perform the word and not just say it's coming. Public service announcement. I mean, we brought uh, the prophetic institution down to one big fat PSA. God is doing this. Beware. It's going to, you know, and then when you have my least favorite, favorite pastime, really, it's my least favorite because it's annoying, but it's my favorite because it's so predictable, <laughs> is these prophetic folk, I'm going to say prophetic folk, not necessarily prophets, who get geared up at certain times of the year to just go prophesy, 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 and you're prophesying, you're not prophesying, telling me that people are, you see marriages happening is not prophecy. It's just inevitable. <laughs> okay, people are going to get married, elope, uh, Las Vegas. Come on. No matter what. I see, I see, uh, I prophesy new houses, ownership coming to you. People buy houses every year. People bought houses in COVID. People buy houses. People, people buy. Tell me something that is not already happening. Forget happened. Happening. And that obviously happens on a cycle. I see that those who lost will gain again. I see people, God is moving his people all over the country. This boom, bah. I see new cars, uh, better, newer. I see better cars than the ones you had before. Well, that is typically why people buy cars, to buy a better one. Okay, I, I see babies being born. My God, I see babies entering into the planet. <sighs> Somebody save me from this moment. Oh, bell time. All right, Prophet CG, bell time. All right, I see, I see that this year we're going to have an unusual amount of rain in the earth. Somewhere the weather's always going to act up and do what it doesn't normally do. And the atmosphere is like 10 years Oh, right. we have an atlas. Tell me something that you can't find on an app. Tell me something that you can't find in a download. Tell me something that you can't find in some in some down, PDF online. And then, because, okay, so that's why she says that God speaks to produce, provide, and perform, and not just predict. Or entertain. Because right now, 
prophecy is largely a part of trick. Well, you know, we just we want to trick you into believing that we have something that you don't have. Every day is a trick or treat. <laughs> well, you know, I am excited. I have a couple of things because I'm coming back to that because we are talking about prophecy. Yes. And we are here today. You know, I like being me. I like you being you, too. It took me 60 years to like being me. My God. That's a long time to be looking for yourself. Which is why it's funny when people want to accuse you or anybody of trying to be somebody else, and you're like, it took me this long to master myself. Well, what is my favorite thing about that? I am a poor candidate for idolatry. Yeah, you are. I, I don't think anything is worth anything. It took a whole lot. The man knocked me down, rolled me over, and nearly left me for dead six times to let me know I am God. Well, there's Paul yeah. and Paula. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. in the name, right? <laughs> Knock off the horse scales okay. in the eye. <laughs> he said to me, um, you didn't make me. I made you. Oh. And you know what? I was so young and stupid. I said, yeah, but. <laughs> you, yeah, but the Holy Ghost. It's a reflex. That man dropped me like a sack of potatoes in the middle of my living room and let me know I'm God. See, we are, you know, when you're called to do something potent for God, Come on. God is not distant. He's insistent. God insists on being God and being up close and personal because he needs you to be able to recognize him, obey him, and to heed him in an instant, which is why talking about the prophetic is important. Thank you. Because something is not right. Because I'm not hearing anything. What you do? What you do? Well, people can't hear? Oh, it does. Yeah. Well, so whoever puts it up, well, anyway, we'll talk about technical. Well, please hold for technical situation. Yes, we are rectifying the uh, mic going in and out. I'm going to give you my microphone. Hi, y'all. Can I get it? All right. So, moving right along. Hallelujah. Is this working? Yes. Are you sure? Can you all hear me? The very short back. <laughs> um, did you get it going? Yes. Okay. I need y'all to fix this. Yes. All right. Because I'm getting ready. I need both hands. I need hands free. Hallelujah. See, it doesn't take much to get you confused. Anyway, I want to talk about my new, my, I, 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 I'm moving on. Talk about my brandy new volume three word cloud flip chart. Now, if you have not gotten your flip chart, and they're going to put it on the screen for you as soon as they figure out what to do with the screen, but if you haven't gotten them, then you are a little bit behind. Volume one was very general, wasn't it? Volume two was focused on leadership. Volume three is focused on the soul. Oh, my soul. Now, I've been telling you I'm writing my second 3D book, I was trying to get, be able to share it with you a little bit today, but the computer, the printer, everybody just, whatever. So, but this one is, oh, my soul. This is a flip chart, a word chart book about your soul. Because my book is called Your Soul as the Maker Made It. Much of what we do, much of what we learn and understand about the soul today is not entirely what the maker made. And so in my 3D book, we're talking about that. We have um, the A, B, C, Ds of soul cap 
captivity or soul enslavement. A, addiction. B, bondage. C, captivity. D, dependency. A, B, C, Ds of soul enslavement. So the second book is all about that because it, you, your soul can be enslaved to anything, even laughter. You know the people who crack jokes at the wrong time and can't help it? And they need you to laugh, and everything is funny. Okay, that person is addicted to that experience. Experiences are addictive, even hurt. You know, when we look at people who keep hurting themselves and all of that. So we're talking about that from the maker's perspective to make you understand why your soul is stuck. Am I using this continually? Okay. Um, so, so we have here the first page says the soul as the maker defines it, what God calls your soul and what humanity has decided is your soul can be two different things. All right? So think about it. The first thing you have to know, and I'm talking about this just because you want to get this flip chart, because your soul is not a piece of your brain. Your soul is not a piece of your mind, your heart. Your soul is an entire being, which is why we can't work with it the way we want to. We want to treat it as it's a piece of your brain. It, it accesses. It has its own neurology. It has its own mentality, its own physiology. Your soul is a being. I want you to hear me because, see, most, most of what we teach you theologically is that your soul is part of something. No, your soul is the deciding factor for your walk in life and your life after life, your afterlife. Your soul is a being. How do you know that, Dr. Price? How can you say that? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) All right. Because your soul goes to hell. Jesus was, was killed. His soul went to hell as a being, not as a piece of him. You know, his body, to keep it from becoming part of the ecology of the earth, was put in the tomb. But his whole soul. And so scripture keeps talking about your spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit, soul, and body. Every part of that. Well, actually, your spirit is a being. Like the Holy Spirit is a being. And your spirit is a soul. Like Jesus Christ is God's soul. And then your body is the Holy Ghost. God's skin. Why do you need to know that? Because there are a lot of laws you allow slip by because you didn't know the science of God's theology. There are a lot of mandates that you allow. There are a lot of arguments you couldn't win. And there are a lot of battles you couldn't defeat because they came at you with a scientific, air quotes, approach and answer. And you had nothing but theology going for you. So we're going to talk about that when I get to doing my soul. So we have the soul cloud. So this one, is it available? It will be next. It will be available. Exactly. Now, let me tell you what you can do for this if you're an advisor or a coach or a counselor, pastor, or a therapist. You can actually use this and help people pinpoint what part of their soul is wounded, bound, hurt, functional, etc. Because we give them the terms, they can do that. So stay with us over the next couple of weeks. We're going to take a quick commercial break so we can get me in divine order. <laughs> Hallelujah. That sugar pot, Jesus.
All hear me?
I didn't get it. Hey, I got a bell, too. Yes, you do. Don't mess with me. And this might be a bell-ringing day, so get your ear. Come on. Woo! So you just like that too much, though. That's the thing. You know, I mean. I'm all in type of person. You know what? And so am I. That's why I'm still here after 40 years. If I'm in, I'm in. If I'm out, I'm out. And I'm way. That's one of the things that God needs. And so, so we're talking about, remember, we introduced last week my prophecy clinic. Not class, clinic, because we are diagnosing, uh, we are analyzing, we're scrutinizing prophecy. And we're doing it as a standalone from the institution that God established so long ago as the prophetic. Now, as a, a, just to bring you up to speed, we're going to talk about the prophetic as the prophecy as God's message, the type of messengers you have had and will be having, the mantleship from uh, of the a prophet and manifestation. Manifestation is a big deal. And you know why? Because if it doesn't show up in the Bible times, the prophet had to shut up. Wow. That's how serious it was. We talked a little bit about how in Bible times they had something called prophet court and prophet jail. Micaiah was taken out of prophet jail to go talk to Jehoshaphat about a war. And when he didn't say the right thing, they put him back in prophet jail. As a matter of fact, when you read all of those times that prophets have been arrested, you know, even Obadiah, the servant that hid 50 prophets because they were, their lives were at, at risk, because when it's all said and done, this is what I'm, I'm about to say something very potent today. When it's all said and done, we need to have the right prophets in seats, and they need to be seat of government. I want to tell you the Bible is about prophets and apostles, of which Jesus Christ was the birth of both. We teach the prophetic, and we teach salvation, and we teach it as if Jesus came as an evangelist. He did not. He came as a prophet. He's that prophet which was to come. I like this. You know, I'm good at this. You know why I'm good at this? Because I didn't get in it to be bad. There you go. <laughs> so I best be good. And so we, we love talking about Jesus Christ as our Savior. We love discussing him as our Redeemer and, and Messiah, and all of that is true. But all of it is in his office of the prophet because God starts everything with the prophet, even the New Testament. We don't talk about John the Baptist as prophet, but he was prophet. And what we're going to see in June, as a matter of fact, I discussed it with you last week, I'm having a closed luncheon with official prophets. I'm going to continue talking about it, so when you see it online, you need to register. I will vet you. <clears throat> I will not, I, because what I have to say is for those who are official prophets and who are settled, sane, and credible. Well, you know, you know, a prophet is this far from crazy because you're always thinking beyond the norm. You're you're taxing your spiritual mind. Okay, so we, that's why you need to be in companies, and that's why you need to be under a chief prophet, because you need to be under someone who understands all the ways that Satan likes to discredit and disturb prophets. See, a lot of prophets have mental disturbance, and they can't tell God from anyone else. Now, I can say this because I am an authority on this, and you know why? Because I, I developed an assessment, and when we put the assessment stats together, <laughs> 
the story it tells about the present state of the prophet is very unsettling. So we, because we have statistics on how prophets answer these questions across the board. I can tell you that prophets' number one issue is they don't know the Bible. Their number two issue is that they don't know the spirit of Christ from the spirit of this world or the spirit of the darkness, or as Scripture calls it, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They don't know that. I have statistical information on that. I have statistical information that prophets do not, don't have a sense of spiritual wisdom. And my big one, our biggest one, is that they don't like authority, even though they are in an institution that's supposed to establish it. These are statistical facts. So you can't say, well, you know, that's what you say. No, no, no. That's what you said because you answered the question. (laughs) Oh, the PAQ, the one that I just got through talking about, don't get scared. (laughs) 10% off this weekend. Why? Because God gave me the mandate the mantle and the commission of reinstituting these offices. I want you to go back a little bit, too, and re-listen to my, it was Thursday, right? Thursday broadcast on threefold versus fivefold. Oh, that's gone? Oh, it's now a class. <laughs> hey, you, you understand? You got to hit us when it's, when it's hot. Catch it right then. Because you need to know that the reason we can't bring the church back in order is because we have the fivefold running the threefold or the hand running the head. So can they get it? Can they buy it? How they get How can they get that? What y'all doing? Coming soon. Oh, Lord. Oh, you, you know, I can't even, inter- you know, I can't intervene on that. It's a self-study? Oh, it's a self-study plug. And why? Because it's... <laughs> you can see who runs... You can see who's making the school decisions. Who's running the school. <laughs> okay. There's a press the price. Okay. So here, because you know, Price University has various self studies where you can learn at your own pace and you can get specific, targeted information on a subject in the moment. And you can also use it if you are a trainer or a leader or whatever. So threefold, threefold. First Corinthians twelve twenty eight. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that. Somebody say after that. After that, after that what? Miracles. miracles. We don't have miracles because they're not in place. Well, and then after that, gifts of feelings. Isn't that wonderful? We have a shortage of that. That's why we all these churches shut down over COVID. Are you kidding? Had we, had we understood God's order, it should have never made it to a church. A Christian shouldn't have been, shouldn't, we should have been immune. Because we have the Holy Ghost to make us immune. But, you know, immunity has conditions. Is anybody hearing this? You're hot on that bell today. I told you I'm having fun. So don't look for serious. Don't write me about this. No, I don't. Write me and say, Dr. Price, I had a blast with you today. Because that's all I'm going to listen to. Yes. And so... The threefold has not been in control of the church, maybe the teacher. But if you want to know the difference between the teacher and in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and the teacher in Ephesians 4, 11, you need to think the Board of Ed versus the 
versus the classroom. So why? Because Ephesians 4, 11 says that the fivefold exists to handle the body for the equipping of the saints for work of ministry. Where are they getting that equipment from? They ought to be getting it from 1 Corinthians 12, 28, but they're not. They're getting it from where, whosoever, where, wheresoever, fine. So my mandate, and I'm not going to stop, and God has given me the platform, the voice, and the reach for it, is to bring this thing back into real divine order. See, we haven't been in divine order. I know we like to say that we're founded as a nation on divine order, but it's not founded on 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Right now, everybody is looking to the pastors to rescue us from what they allowed. Listen, don't y'all get cute when it comes off in time. I expect y'all to bless me real good for stepping out of the boat. I stepped out of the boat. See, we keep you keep looking at all of these pastoral this and pastoral that. How did we get here? Pastors were at the helm, but the word of God didn't come to a pastor and evangelist. As a matter of fact, they're not even in First Corinthians twelve twenty eight, which means they're not in top fiction. I'm just I'm just doing scripture, and I'm a pastor. And I, I do very well at it, but I'm more of a shepherd than a pastor because I, I have to have pastors. I'm trying to groom some now. Blessed be God if we could just get them. But, you know, being a pastor and an apostle and a prophet is not easy. Okay? Because, see, we, we, we act like it started with us. We behave and function that way. So Ephesians, if you look at the language, I want you to, because I want you to enroll in this course and I want you to become part of my disciples on this matter. Ephesians 4.11 is about the body and how God's leadership, his staff, is to work with and reproduce Jesus Christ in his body, handmade. Prophets, if you look at Hosea 10, uh, 12, 10, and 13, it, it makes the same thing. It said, by a prophet, God delivered Israel, and by a prophet, he, they are dis- preserved. We're not preserved because the prophets are all being parlor tricks. I'm going to hit something. I got something to hit, too. Don't be messing with me. I'm telling you, I'm cutting up to that. And I, they took my... I don't have a clock, but don't worry about one will, one will appear shortly. You know, if you just, you have not because you ask not. I need a cloth so I can slap something. I'm surprised they let me get away from the slap cloth. See, I can walk this thing up the front and down the back. I don't care how many people tell you that, oh, no, she's false. I am not false because I can factuate what I declare. Yes, you know, I wrote a dictionary. I can make any word I want. Yes. Write a dictionary. <laughs> I wrote a dictionary and getting ready to write another one. So don't mess with me. See, I can back it up, I can support it, and I can exhibit it. So we're talking about prophecy, but I want you to understand that the, think about your hand constantly running your head. That's the church. The hand. So you walk around with your hand like, so you're always petting your head and venturing your hand carrying on. That's out of order. Your head had to tell your hand to do that. And as we go forward into this discussion of 
prophecy in the clinic, you're going to understand this thing well. By the way, you can get my, I got stuff over here. So look at that. You out. You, oh, I messed it up. And, you know, she does this no matter where I am. I don't care. I could be sitting at a dinner table in a banquet. She don't sit. She's going to be up. See, there she go. See? I know that's right. Because I get like that. I'm like, do they not see that? <laughs> Because my hair's off. Okay, don't forget. You want to know where I where I got this? And um, this is 15 years old. How long has we, this uh, been out? Well, that's with Whitaker House. Been about that long. Okay, Whitaker House has been. Yeah, I started it in 1999. It grew, and here we are today. So it's the Prophet's Dictionary, 1,600 terms, six. 100 pages, and I'm getting ready to add thousands of more new terms. So you all get ready so you can use it. And it's not just A is for Apple. Okay? I I talk about, there's a section here, uh, just to give you an idea, I talk about other gods, what they do. Hera, for matter, the goddess Hera, see Juno, see, I did my homework. See, because prophets exist because God wrestles with other gods. I talk about all of the those kind of terminology, give you some information on false prophets versus false prophecy. If you have the dictionary, there is a segment on false prophecy. It is item number 499. Yes. False prophecy, predictions and revelations not contained in God's eternal plan for man and the earth that are spoken as prophecy, also known as pseudo-prophecy. False prophecy, this is a powerful, is a prophetic word spoken that the Lord did not send into the earth nor inspire the prophet to speak. doesn't have to be wrong. It just has to be unauthorized. Oh. Oh. Come on, let's break it down. Let's break it down. You want me to take your bell? You want me to be a bell ringing kind of day? Okay, enjoy. 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 So, Unauthorized prophecy is false in God's word. Now, why would he say that? Because what God authorizes as prophecy, God has to back and perform. Backing and performing for the Lord is releasing spiritual forces and embedding that word in the hearts of humans that are to work to make it so. Because if the Spirit of God didn't authorize it, then you're working on unauthorized prophecy, and unauthorized prophecy comes from Satan. So when the Satanists talk and they start telling you that they know the future, they know the future because their demons are doing it, and their demons only got it because they either made it up or they're trying to jump or get ahead of God. Come on. Seducing spirits, because you know you get y'all be talking about that's not God. Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What do you think Paul was talking about? We're talking about a man that had like ten PhDs in devils. The man knew devils, you know, because back then that was what spirituality was about: false gods versus Yahweh, fallen angels pretending to be God versus the God of God and his son, Jesus Christ. So you have to understand, we don't live in that climate, so we don't understand. But when you go to those other nations, 
That's come on somebody. You better know. They don't play. They can look at a person and tell you where God is walking in them. You're not saying that the devil can't tell you you are. False prophecy is generally a very sensuous and good-feeling word given to one who is really worthy of God's chastening in the least, and most often deserving of his judgment. You ever notice people living in sin get all these good words? That's because Satan is blessing them for, for manifesting him. Can I say that? Yes. Say it again. I just want you to understand. My God. A false prophecy chants peace and encouragement when obvious or revealed sin is at work. It flourishes in atmospheres of error, of spiritual error and demonic doctrines. False prophecies always embolden the apostate and the reprobate person in his or her sin. They are especially flattering, ignoring the righteousness of God and his redemption, and typically motivate people to sin more confidently and to abandon morality altogether. So you look at, see, because y'all look at these prophets on television, you're like, wow, but they could do this, so it must be all right. Never cross your mind that they false prophets. Because you don't know what falsehood looks like in the flesh, in the church, in the public square. False prophets ignore or hide the consequences of their subject's behavior and misrepresent the fruit of their prophecies to them. They never speak about duty or responsibility to God, or if they do, it is done to bring the spirits of condemnation and terror upon them if they are righteous. That is when false prophecy is given to one standing in God's righteousness. Then it is used as a weapon by Satan to destroy them because of their righteous acts and their potential threat to his kingdom. So I don't just give you a word. I give you the wisdom and the logic, or its logic, because there is in the beginning was the word. That word in Bible is logos. Logos is the root of logic. So the, there is a logic to the Almighty, and there's a logic to His prophecies and His continuum. We talked about that elsewhere. They'll put up a bunch of stuff that you need to get and courses you should take. That's what they do. Moving on. In this instance, the devil sends a false prophet to terrify and bully the saint into quitting the work or task the Lord assigned them to do. His real goal thereby is to assure the godly rewards and results of that obedience are forever annulled. These prophecies promote fear, threaten judgment, and predict failure. Sometimes they are so subtle that they claim to see obstacles that are not there or misinterpret a dream or vision to the advantage of the devil rather than to the glory of God. This is the prophet's dictionary. Now, where do we see that? We see that with Nehemiah. Mm. Nehemiah is, I'm, listen, I'm trying to build, I'm, come on, I'm trying to get this thing up. I'm working with it. And what does he have? A prophetic company of godless prophets that he knew, he realized, were sent to make him afraid. He said, God, I realized God had not sent them. Yes. But they came to make me afraid that I would stop working and not finish the work. That is why you say they both. You know, I'm getting stuck. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good place. Good place. Uh-huh. Mm. See, that is why 
you go and you start these building ventures and you want to go out there on your evangelical doctrine and your evangelical passions, but let me tell you something, God's muscle is an apostle and a prophet. His strong man is an apostle and a prophet. When you look at everything God started from Abel, who founded civilization as God's prophet, something we did not discover until Jesus came to the planet and, and then left and left it with Luke. And so we find out from Luke in Luke 11:49 that Abel was a prophet, and he was not just killed because he slaughtered a sheep or slaughtered an animal. He, he was killed because he was doing what Cain felt he should have been doing. But Cain was not going to comply and bring the right fruit, the right sacrifice. He wanted fruits and veggies, hence the beginning of nature worship. Now, in immature, we're still on false prophecy. Immature or godless prayer sessions are likely to bring about such words. The immaturity or disobedience of the gathering is an open channel to the spirits of opposition who can interject images and visions in the minds of sensitive or powerful people that are then interpreted according to their own way, excuse me, by powerful people. So anyone receiving a word under this condition should weigh them carefully, and those that bring genuine fear and terror to the heart should be overturned with the right revelation and its correct application to the situation. So you're living holy. Okay, you're living holy. You know you're living holy. You are working for what God wants. You're praying. You're sowing. You're doing what the king needs to stay present and evident in society. And here comes, you go to a prophetic meeting, and all of a sudden, your work is damned. Everything is, I mean, it's cursed. You, if you don't stop this or that, you need to check it out. I have a teaching called Prophetic Pedigree. You need to know that prophet's pedigree. What spirit opened up that prophet? What being, what type of prophet, what led prophet? For example, pedigree is speaking to, did they learn from God's prophet? Did they learn his word first? Or did they? Or were they sent to shamans? Were they sent to astrologists? Were they sent to palm readers? Because a lot of that is mixed, and you don't know the difference. So you don't understand. And no, no voices without significance. So you need to track, track my prophets and track me. Because I'm telling you, you have no idea how many prophets have been to all of those other venues, those psychic fairs, because God would stop talking to them. When God stops talking, then you've got to start imitating. Yeah. Believe in it the truth? Well, yes. You understand that God has stopped talking to a lot of people, which is why if you were astute, you would hear the absence of the resonance of the Holy Ghost. You would hear the absence of the Almighty because God's not talking to them any longer. He's not talking to them because when you fire somebody, you don't keep using them. Unless you're the government, but then that's something. False prophecies are always tied to a spiritual disobedience and are worded to undermine courage and faith in what God has assigned one to do. See Nehemiah 6.14, where Nehemiah recognized those he received from the prophetess Noadiah and other false prophets in league with her to destroy him as a strategy. He recalled them to God as part of his prayer of justification and vindication. Jeremiah 23, 21 also has an example of this tactic of the enemy in his conflict with the prophet Hanani. 
See, you have to understand, Jeremiah had one, because you, you have to have the prophetic principles. One day we'll get to that. Probably at the event, we'll talk about the, the eternal continuum fundamentals of the prophet. Jeremiah said, God says to Jeremiah, if they had stood in my counsel, they would have turned my people from their sin. These people haven't stood in God's counsel, so God's people are turned to sin. They're emboldened to sin. Because one thing you know, when you hear from God, once you get off the floor, you stop crying. Cause you, you know, unless you're one of those big burly butt brothers that I ain't going to cry. I ain't gonna, you go home and you wailing all night long. Uh, and if your pillow could talk. <laughs> now, that's 499. If you have the prophet's dictionary, if you don't have it, get it. Go to our site and get it. Amen. And it's sold on every bookstore site. I'm surprised. In the country. You can I don't care where you go. You can go to Barnes and Nobles, it's there. You can go to C B D it's there. You can go to whatever the other ones we I don't know. All right? And you can get the dictionary. See, people, if you really want to do it right, then you look for righteous tools. If you want to do it wrong, then you look for errant tools. False prophets, a prophet who is not a member of the new creation priesthood of Jesus Christ, one who prophesies and performs prophetic functions on behalf of the devil, even if in the flesh. According to the Bible, false prophets speak in the name of another god. Think about all of the other god names that they told you is okay. Because devils are not sharing the platform with Jesus Christ, and you know he's not sharing with them. They prophesy from their own resources, namely their own hearts, and ordinarily are motivated by profit, aim, and selfish ambition. They are of the Balaam order of prophetics, where money for prophesying a diviner's fee is the only way they will give the word of the Lord or their Lord. The magnitude of the word is in direct proportion to the amount of money a hearer presents. They require gifts in advance of their words to assure the word does not predict a more valuable return to the hearer than the gift is worth. And their pages. And there are pages. So when I tell somebody they're not a prophet, I don't wonder. I'm not guessing. I'm like, are you kidding? Because you can hear the, the spirit of a prophet has a sound. And it has a weightiness. And it has a pragmatism. Half of these words are impractical. I mean, they're just impractical for humans, let alone God. And you hear them, and they'll run around and say, well, you know, God is able to do anything. God is able to do anything, even kill himself, but he won't. Okay. He's not going to commit God aside. Because <laughs> when God goes, what did he say? And Job it says, when, if God sets his mind on it and he draws in all of his spirit and he inhales, all flesh would perish together and men would return to the dust. That is why God will never let Satan win. He will not do it because it ends everything he built. And Satan is not sure he wants God to do it either since he was made by him. It could be, see, then we have devil side. Okay. 
Because, see, you think, you know how you hear them and they lie and come out, well, you know, religion is going to be done away. No, it's not. It will never be done away with. All the way to the end of time, we will have religion. We will have redemption. Well, you know, we're going to create a world where there is no God. No, no, that's never going to happen. And you know why? Because you need his stuff to create that world. See, we don't have logic. We cannot defeat these arguments with a logic. So we go and we defeat it with enthusiasm. Or we attack it with enthusiasm and irrationality. I don't care. The Bible says. Let me tell you, that worked in the 70s. That doesn't work today. You understand that Satanists have a Bible? And everybody else is making one. Computers got Bibles. Everybody got Bibles. Everyone has some sort of Bible. Matter of fact, Bible only means book, which is why when I write, I use scripture more than I use Bible. Because Bible simply means book. Not every, not every Bible has authorized scripture. So when we go forward, as we get into this, to give you what, what I offer at Price University, what we do at Price University is we give you the wisdom of the Almighty. We've got the word. We've, we've got the works. But we don't have the wisdom. Well, how do I know that? Because God said the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. Now, that's a profound statement, but that sounds defeatist if you don't know Jesus. I happen to know him, and I understand why he said that. He said that because he wanted to let us know you're the newest power I have in the planet. So you don't have the longevity. You don't have the experience. You're just gaining the access to supersede them, just. Because up to now, it was the children of darkness. Is this speaking to you all? So he's not saying we're inferior. He was saying we're novices. We're a novice power. And so he gave us the Holy Ghost. Bless his heart. We got the Holy Ghost. We got some scripture. We got a new spirit. We have a new heart. And yet, 2,000 plus years later, here we are, still novices. Still Still the novice power in the earth. We were not, and a novice is not a novice simply because they don't know or that simply because they're inexperienced. A novice is a novice because they're also unexposed. They've never faced off with the highest of their sphere or their power. So we don't know what it is to face off with the highest devil. And most Christians, when they meet a devil, they're like, I'm out, I'm quit. They tap out. Where's their white cloth? I saw it somewhere. (laughs) They tap out. <laughs> See, devils don't tap out. Devils are going to go down dying. They're going to go down. They're going to work that new creation spirit until it dies or until the, the being or the flesh they're using dies. God told us to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. What we did is we gave you an A for being harmless as a dove. <laughs> you passed that class. And then we gave you an exemption for wise serpents. Mm. So people have said to me, what does that mean? I mean, how does that look? And so, should I tell us? Tell us. Yeah, yeah. 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 Social media, should I tell you that truth? Yes. Yes. Where you hit them? No, they're already voting for you here. <laughs> What else would they say? Wise as serpent is your cop 
time and doesn't sin. Wise as serpent is your law enforcement programs that fully expose you to the adversary you must defeat. Wise as serpent is the judge who knows all the cons. The cop who's heard it all. The attorney who knows he exists with Jesus Christ. And he's not confused, as most Christians are, about who the enemy is. Wise as serpent is not hiding in the rocks so that you don't get tainted by sin, tainted or tempted. Wise as serpent is what Paul, what Jesus taught the apostles. He said, I send you out as sheep among wolves. And we decided that we're not going among the wolves. No, 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 no. We're going underground. We're hiding out. And let me tell you something. The day after this election, now it wasn't a day, it was a week, after this election, I'm praying because I'm like, well, Jesus. And from the heavens dropped this huge oversized wolf, and he walked into D.C., and he walked into the White House. That's the wolf we're dealing with right now. So you better figure out what Jesus said. Because you, why the serpent is hearing the lie beneath the cry. I want you to hear me. Wise as serpent is buying the lie because it's what you want. It sounds right. Wise as serpent is letting a devil tell you what love is. Is that right? Well, God is love. How did we get here? Because the devil redefined God's love for his people, for his offspring. That's why it's a serpent. The rest of us were saying, no, that's not, no, no, that's not, that's not Jesus, that's Cupid. Right. That's Venus. So you let mythological training and mythological spirits redefine the righteous, godly love. So they redefined it as lust and sex. So we weren't wise as serpents. But they knew we weren't. And they knew they could sell it. And they sold it. I want you to hear me, and I mean it. I want you to get what wise and serpent really means, because we keep thinking it's some sort of mystery, mythical concept. It is not. It is around us everywhere. The cop that won't take a, a bribe, the judge that can't be bought off. You know, we got a Paul Rand. That man is a beast when it comes. Come on, somebody. He's a beast when it comes to dealing with that. He's like, I, he knew Fauci was a liar. And he hunted him like a liar. He didn't hunt him according to his lies. He hunted him according to his liar. The reason the church can't pick a winner is because the church has too much sympathy for losers. <laughs> she looked at me like, please don't yell at me. <laughs> uh, no, 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 we're not going to hit that Liberty Bell. There we go. See, we keep picking losers because we keep wanting pewers. We want people in the pew. 
we want we, the reason they didn't like Donald Trump is because they didn't want a, a, a warrior. They didn't want a general. They wanted a pure. But he's not saying love. Wait a minute, hold on. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, he's fighting. We fighting. God fighting devil. God never told you he loved the devil. He never said that. He told you not to love devils. That's what he told us. We we can't pick a winner because everything is about the pew. Everything is about the church pew. You know, people clean up for church. Even devils clean up for church. Don't they? They clean up. They behave themselves. They come in. They bring their little money, throw some cash at you. Okay? But a warrior is a jester. When, when when God told me about that man, he said, to me, Trump was Jephthah, and it cost him everything to win what he won, because Jephthah was not the pew boy. He was not. But we can go on. So understanding, <laughs> you want to hit the green bell? Hit the green bell. Yeah, hit the green bell. There you go. Now it's over. <laughs> Because you have to understand, you think God won't use rogues because you think, you think rogues can't be saved. There are people who have a good heart, and then there are people who just have the principles that God needs for the moment. Wise as serpents. Harmless as doves. The church is to be harmless in that pew. When we get out there, we better win. You, could, you talk about ruthless. Can we talk about David? David, can we talk about Ruth Less? Yes, he was. Oh, yes, he was. The man comes, David just gets coronated. The man comes and says, I did you a favor. Do you know why you're on the throne? Because I killed your enemy. I killed your nemesis. And he was like, boy, I could imagine running to David. He was planning on the gifts he would get, the promotions he would get. He was thrilled. This is marvelous. I'm going in, David said, kill him. Now, that was ruthless. I did you a favor, and David said, kill him. He said, because the principle is the same. Touch not my anointed. That principle still overrides or overruled the man's good intentions. Wise as serpents, harmless as dove. You read David, and I'm trying to tell you, that boy was a top warrior. And, you know, we read it through the, the comic book, you know, the little church comic book. You know, they got the color, yeah, no Sunday physical boys are nice. Isn't it colorful? Oh, yeah, car, good and cartoony. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and see, they don't show the car in the children's book. They don't show you what a war was back then. So you need to go to television and go to those period pieces, okay, and you get to see, yeah, she's a brave heart, all right? And then you go and see what it was like. You go and watch Mel Gibson Apocalypto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apocalypto, rather, you're going to see why the serpent. And you're going to see why Jesus had to say it. We can't tell the truth because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. And yet, in the beginning was the word. So if you're going to tell the word of a lie, guess what? Devils are going to continue to rise. We don't get it. Deborah, we love Deborah. Don't we love Deborah? The prophetess. Deborah. I love the prophet. You know, don't ever call me prophetess. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to take tests off my title. 
Don't ever call me prophetess now. Don't do that. I know some of y'all like to write it, and you all excited. Take Tess off my title. And let me tell you why. The only reason they put ESS on anything is for the people who were far away to know that it wasn't a man that was doing it. And it was a, it was a signal. So don't test me. Don't test me. Don't test me. Don't test me. So moving on. Uh, what I say, I thought it was going to cut up today. I meant it. Um, y'all had a swing time with the Holy Ghost, so you know when I have swing time with the Holy Ghost, you know what this means. So let me tell you. So we like to talk about Deborah. Don't we like Deborah? The prophetess. Deborah was head of state. You don't hear many people say Deborah was head of state. God ain't never used a woman. Yes, he did. He had a few. So Deborah was head of state. Now, here was so beautiful about it. What are they saying? Oh, I didn't know. CT. No, no. Somebody else, Michael Coward. No, don't test me. And so, Deborah was head of state, which is why she can call the nation to war. So she called the nation to war as a female head of state. The commander of the army, the head of the military, says to her, I'm not going unless you go. Oh, I need a, oh, here I got I got my slap claw. And look at Dr. Matthew. Yeah, I like to do this because I like to decompress y'all because I know I'll be coming in hard. Y'all, at least y'all, I'll give y'all the inhale and the exhale and then I go on. Did you exhale yet? Okay, it's not happening. So Deborah, huh? So now Deborah calls the nation to war, calls the military, tells him to go to war because God has said, I'm getting ready to take out your enemy. Female. That's why when they start aggravating me, I get really obnoxious on purpose. Yeah. And you know what? Nobody said, what did he mean by that? What did he mean by I won't go unless you go with me. Did anybody, do you ever hear a preacher talk about that? Because they thought Deborah went as an accompanier and not a warrior. But he knew something about her war skills. He did? You know, I'm so excited. I got to drink something. I'm wearing myself out of it. (laughs) Take a break. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Mm. That helped. So think about it. You've read, we've heard the story of Deborah, the prophetess. <laughs> he, the head of the military, knew her skills were better than his. He has the whole army, and you know he knew it, and she responds by saying what? Say, when I say this, the brotherhood get real hot. Say, they don't like me to talk about Deborah. Okay. TC, can I keep talking? All right. So, listen, he knew it. She said, all right, I'll go, but understand, you will not get the glory for this win because it will be given to you by a woman. So you think if you do it softer, (laughs) 
I want you to see this because see, a lot of women have bought the lie. As a matter of fact, we can't be strong. We can't be bold. We can't be decisive. We can't be intelligent. We cannot be forceful. If you're strong, you're wrong. There's something wrong with your estrogen if you're strong. I'm like, come on, brother. I am what I am, like Paul, by the grace of God. That girl was a warrior, and she was in the field wielding sword just with the rest of them. Meanwhile, she had a girlfriend. Her buddy, J.L., her BFF for real. She had J.L. Does anybody remember J.L. in the story? It's important that you understand. Like, we have an election coming up, and what Deborah says matters. There were what? There was war in the land because they chose new God, she, God rose her up or raised her up to rid his country of all of the invading deities that had taken it down. She said, until I rose in Zion, I rose as a mother in Israel. So you have to recognize we don't read this Bible the way it's written. We read it the way it's been perverted distorted because it's a very utilitarian tool you can you can do a lot with the words of god so we go as we go on and we start thinking that we understand how god moves and we understand his thoughts we don't understand she was she was raised up in a wartime era and she was chosen because of her skills because every other judge was a master in warfare so why would god say well honey there are new gods in the land, and there's a lot of war around you, so I'm going to make you head of state so that you can show them how to be ladylike. Amen. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. God thought she had the wisdom of a serpent because we act like the serpent just shows up in the tree. But he didn't. His name was serpent in heaven. That old serpent, the devil. That was God's issue. We are ministers of what we believe and not what God lived. See, we're, we're ministers of peace. So can you imagine Deborah being called for peace time? Well, nothing can make you feel more peaceful than a woman. I don't know which ones you're meeting because I'm going to tell you something. The brothers have always had a hard time with me. Okay. You know? Okay. So I just want you to know. Amen So I need you to know Because it's important that you recognize And then when you read Deborah's song She tells you the angels fought with her She said the angels fought fought from their courses in heaven We don't want to hear that We want to hear that God Because this here church will be praying for Pharaoh to 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 keep Israel and then praying for Pharaoh because he lost Israel. You know? He'd be, they'd be like, oh, so we need to have a prayer party. We're going to intercede for the devil. 
Is that what we do? Yeah. You got servants to talk about the devil is not going to hell. I'm like, don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about whether that lie is going to be true or not because you won't be around to tell us that he made it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. We do horrible things to God as babies, and that is why he said the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. He said that because we have yet to get over the novelty of Jesus' names being added in the roles of deity. Satan does not play with a Christian, but we pet devils. They don't give you a play. You won't get your promotion. They will not put you in power. You will not get your deal. They will, if you don't convert and pervert, you don't get any of what's in his control. You won't get it because they know a little leaven leavens the whole lump. They know principles. We think we know Jesus Christ. We think we know how he feels. We think we understand what he's doing. We think we understand what he's standing for. So let me just uh, bust your bubble, blow your theory. Jesus is standing for God the Father. Jesus is all about God his Father. When you read the prayer in John 17, it was about God getting what he wants, recovering and recouping what was stolen from him. First in heaven and then on earth. And then in hell. This thing is so good. God ought to give me some money so I can, you know, he ought to give me some money so I can really, really, because I would. Won't we, Chief? Honey, we will, honey, we will dramatize this this thing. Because, see, we have not heard the gospel. We heard the gospel of our salvation. The other 39 strands we do not know anything about. The gospel of our salvation. That's all we know. And we, are, we don't even know that very well. No, so we don't, if, if the gospel, come on here. The, come, baby, we just be shortable. Oh, Lord, they got me talking in tongues on social media. Help me, Lord. I'm stuck. <laughs> so listen, the gospel did not begin on earth. See, this is why I'm giving you prophecy checkpoints. These are prophecy checkers. You know, we got fact checkers. Now we got prophecy checkers. The gospel did not begin on earth. How do I know that? Because the gospel was preached to Enoch. The gospel was preached to Noah. Their prophecies were moved, were saturated with the fact that the Lord of glory is going to return to the earth with tens of thousands of his saints. Meaning, God had left. Can we talk about that? God had left the planet. Jesus has left the planet. When Adam invited the serpent in, Jesus had to leave because he was not going to bless the world for his adversary. We know the gospel began in God's realm because Jesus comes and says, but I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Now, people want to say that he saw him. No, 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 you didn't. No, no. The reason he was on earth is because he fell from heaven. He first fell from Eden and then to earth, and then he fell from earth, from, um, earth to hell. 
So if you don't know God's story, you don't know his memoirs, you don't know his experience with his creation, you really can't prophesy for him, let alone preach. So then, so God, and, and every time God gets a, a, a new era and a new being, you know what he does? He reactivates the gospel that's deactivated by unbelievers. So here I be. Telling you what the gospel is and where it began. So then he, so he prophesied. God preaches the gospel to Enoch first, Abel, then Enoch, then Noah, then Abraham. Galatians three eight says that the gospel was preached to Abraham. Right. What gospel? The church hadn't existed. The Holy Ghost hadn't come. Jesus hadn't even incarnated. The wisdom of God. Thus says the wisdom of God. Wisdom calls apostles and prophets. That's why when I listen to I'm listening to wisdom. I'm listening for a wisdom that is not of this earth, a wisdom that does not glorify man and does not exalt devils and does not justify sin. Prophecy checkers. He preaches the gospel to Abraham. Abraham is moved by the gospel to accept the right of circumcision. He turns around, we go from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All of them get a visitation from God. Because when God's going to use you in a high seat, he has to visit you to know that you're not imagining it. Yes. So he goes, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Time, we get the 12 tribes. And he gets, how does he do it again? Because heaven has got to convince the next high He gets a visit. He wrestles with that angel all night long to show I'm strong enough to take on anything that you entrust to me. And he wrestles with this angel. Now, we said they don't even tell us what they're wrestling about. But they're wrestling. Yeah, but they do. They're wrestling to change his name. And in order to do that, they have to change his nature. He has to stop being Jacob and stop becoming Israel. God with us. And then she's going to pick another bell. <laughs> I want you to hear this because this is, we think we know. And this is all of the crazy doctrine that we don't have that keeps us from being wise as serpents. So then God gets to wrestle with the angel and then he gets the other thing. What does he get? The ladder in heaven. Angels ascending and descending. didn't say descending and ascending. It said ascending and descending. The territorial terrestrial angels that were in that area have found their new assignment. They are rallying around the new Jacob or Israel. When that happens, he said, what did that angel say? He said, because as a prince, God help me. As a prince, he's saying, God just made you a principality. You have power with God. So God made him a principality. He made Abraham a principality. They called him a prince. He made Noah a principality. You will repopulate the planet. Mm-hmm. 
See, we're so busy listening to pagan and Buddhist and, and New Age garbage, we haven't even tapped into ours. Our story is astounding, and it crushes theirs. Yes, it does. does it crush them? Crush. Amen. They're crushed. So think about this. So he said, as a prince, so God has made him a principality. He goes on and he passes that princedom on to his son Isaac, I mean, excuse me, to the 12 tribes who are to become the nation of Israel. And it all happened genetically first. Before it happened politically, before it happened militarily, before it happened diplomatically, it happened genetically. Abraham was changed genetically into the only seed that was of faith since Adam's fall. Wow. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. God put something in his sperm that passed on faith as a consciousness, made him sensitive and everything he produced sensitive to faith because Satan had the planet. Right. That is why God said, Abraham staggered not at the promise. Mm. Can you imagine? Everybody else was like, what? No, that's not right. Oh, no, you were. Uh-uh. He said, but Abraham staggered not at the promise. And because he believed God, God made him what? Does anybody know? Heir, heir to the world. God made him heir. His seed changed the world. Mm. Tell me it doesn't, ma- that it doesn't matter who you marry and who you reproduce by. It does, because Abraham also re- reproduced by Hagar. And we got 12 princes for Islam, and we got 12 princes for Isaac. He said, but in Isaac, my seed will be called. You th- See, this is the gospel we don't hear. You don't hear this. You hear about how much God just loved you so much he put Jesus on the cross. You're still like, okay, if you say so. You know, I can tell people why God is God. I can tell them why Jesus is Jesus. I can tell them why the church is the top and not the bottom, the head and not the tail. I can tell you I can articulate it logically as well as theologically, academically. Biologically, I can tell you, that's what we, the people of God, to be able to do. Not walking around wondering if we made a mistake getting saved. You need to understand, God is getting ready to round up a whole new set of principalities. That is part of what my lunch is about. Is about my private luncheon is about at our event at this year's Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute in June. Because God is sweeping the heavens, and He's getting rid of all those dark principalities. He's neutralizing them. He's nullifying their edicts. He's stripping them of their powers. And you can't act like he doesn't do it because he did it with Satan. Satan was a principality. He, was, he hung out with God, and then he worked for God. And then he wounded God. Then he got lost, and he got judged. Dr. Price, I don't agree with you. Yes, you need to because you look at how – you want to know how, how – <laughs> <laughs> I 
Look at all of our giants that have gone home. Look at all of the giants that are gone, that were principalities, that held back darkness, that pushed back on LGBT, that pushed back on transgender. All of those are gone. Think of them. Look at every the, – the heavens are vacant of God's seat. It's barren. There's no power in the heavens. That's why the Republican Party could be gutted. Because it was gutted in the spirit. Vacant. And now, and devils are filling that spot. Are they not? Look at the courts. Because all of God's principalities of light aged out or fell out of their position. You can you ask God why? So I'm telling you why. Pass it on to your friends. Go and go listen to Dr. Price. Don't be upset about the bells. That's part of the show. Oh, I got a bell too. This is Elsie. Listen, Elsie is dying. We killed that cow. You want to know why? Because when those people died, they didn't leave replacements. They left occupants. They didn't leave replacements. They didn't leave the children in power that could do it. Some of them wouldn't do it because you wouldn't pick the daughter because you thought it should be a man. So you put a man who couldn't do it up there so that you did not have to explain to your friend why a woman was doing it. But God knew when to put Deborah up there. He knew when to put Holder up there. He knew when to put J.L. up there. The Bible says J.L. was married, had a husband who was in politics, and he still, she still helped Deborah. And she killed the head of the enemy army. You're so busy letting people tell you that the Bible is outdated and doesn't apply, you don't look for the connections. You're not looking for parallels. You're too in love with paradoxes. You never thought that when those people, ooh, we're going to miss brother so-and-so. We're going to miss, it's a shame. You had no idea that God had made them a prince of something that he can move through and work through. They were the latest Jacobs in the high places. They were the latest Abrahams in the high places. They were the latest Miriam. I know you don't think we talk about the Bible and in Christianity we talk about uh, Moses and Aaron, but my Bible tells me in Hebrews 6, 4 that Miriam was the third head of faith. Don't. See, we're, the reason we can't win, see, we don't want to use all God's army. We don't want to use all of his um, resources. But, see, devils don't care. Devils are going to use the man, the female, the black, the white, the Asian, the children, the dog, the bird. They're going to use whatever seeds to their win. We are so biased and so bigoted, we are not expedient. We are, because to us, we think it matters how we get a win. Why is the serpent? Serpents don't care. Serpents bite everything. They're going to bite a leaf. Baby, they're going to spread their venom anywhere. 
They are not impartial in their abuse. We want to be and we want to be partial. I'm telling you, we are not wise as serpents because we have all of the reasons that the serpent prevails as excuses for not using everything God chooses. We can't even sit around and talk certain things. That's not God. Where you, what do you think God is when sinners are sinning? They don't put. <laughs> They don't put a do not enter Jesus sign out there. No, they don't let him in church. We got him in the parking lot. Man can't come to church. We put, we got him in the parking lot. Jesus, you stay in the trunk. That's why we got the Jesus and Paula show. Let him know. Come on in and be God. Where do you think God is when the prostitute is turning a trick? Where do you think God is when the gang is shooting somebody? Where do you think God is when devils are doing devils? Where do you think God is? You'd rather think God is inept, incompetent, and and, and unable or impotent rather than to recognize he cannot hide from it. Y'all all right with me right now? I hope my visitors are okay because I'm telling you I'm crazy. I sat down. I told you I was going to be crazy. Did I tell you? I said it. <laughs> Where do you think God is when the sin that he's sending you to fix? to intervene in is happening. He cannot do it. God said it baro ba de mu. God cannot vacate sin's premises. He's stuck. He's stuck because he's all in all. All in all. God where's he going? He can't even get away from himself. In him we live and move and have our being. Paul didn't say that to the church. He said that to Mars Hill, philosophers, to the Greeks. So God, and he said he made of one blood, everything, all people that are on the earth. God cannot vacate sin's premises. He can't shut his eyes because it doesn't matter. He cannot close his ears and say, oh, I can't stand the screen. He tells you, their cries have come up before me. He cannot get away from sin any more than you can. So he has to dominate it. You're sitting there for let God do it. And then when when sin starts happening to your family, then you still want him to do it after you told him you're not doing anything he asked. You're hiding out. It's not right that babies should die. It isn't. So why aren't you in position to vote that out? When people start talking about where was God, please ask me. I want you to ask me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, ask me where was God. God was in the room when it happened, and he was in you when you bound him up and he couldn't fix it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So don't talk to me about where was God. God was in the courthouse. 
God was in the, even, even the whole election thing. God was there. We did not want to watch our win. Because the church does not like to tend to its win. We want to win and flee. We want to win and vacation. We want to win and retreat. Devils don't. Devils will keep a watching, peacekeeping, stronghold force in that win, in your win, waiting for the day that you're too weak to keep it. This is the mind of Christ and the thoughts of God. Well, where was God when my mama died? Where was your mama in God? Yeah, ask me. Because you aren't going to do favors for anybody you that ignores you. You're not going to do favors for anybody to treat you like trash. So why in the world are you going to sit there and think he should step in? Well, he's God. Yeah, and you're his person. You're his handiwork. When people tell me, well, when was God? Where were you? Where was humanity? Where were you? Sitting in church singing dead songs over dead issues for dead reasons. <laughs> Trying to revive the dead. We want another old move. God, I want you to visit us the way you did. No, no, you don't. Because these are new devils. These devils don't respond. That's why they took over. See, if they were going to respond to the old, then they wouldn't have taken over. These are new devils. And you better learn how they think. You better know the power. You're talking about technology devils. You're talking about your kid, your kid going to bed able to, to masturbate with a, a screen. This is a new world. So you need to figure out how to do this. And don't be, but God should have stopped it. He did. He stopped it with the blood of the lamb. He stopped it with Jesus going to hell. He stopped it with raising Jesus from the dead. He stopped it with the Holy Ghost. We got, let me tell you, God stopped it. You restarted it. Because we don't want to suffer. We, we got that head for the hills mentality. We have ignored the world. We've ignored the courts. We've ignored politicians. We've ignored politics. We have done everything but romance Jesus. We've been romancing Jesus so much because we think because we romance him that he doesn't have his duties and obligations. Wise as serpents. We're going to get this win. That's going to happen. And you need to know that God expects you to keep this win. Jesus did, said to the, to the apostles, keep that which is being entrusted to you. We don't have a keeping spirit. We barely have a godly reaping spirit. How can we be good guards? We can't safeguard. Don't talk to me about it because half of y'all asking where was God ain't been to church in 19 years before COVID. COVID gave Now you can walk around and say, the reason I'm not going to church is because of COVID. Y'all ain't gave the man a tie. You gave more money to booze and drugs than you've given to God, and then you want to talk about God should help you. No, go ask the God of booze and drugs and CBD to rescue you. Because God is getting ready to move. He's going to move very mightily, and he's going to shake this earth like it hasn't been shaken in a long time. And when he does, you better hope when he shakes your tree, you can stand up when you hit the ground. 
I'm coming after that low-hanging fruit, says the Holy Ghost. And don't and stop walking around talking about, well, you know, listen, the devil come up. Well, you know, if, if God could do anything, he, why hasn't he? Talking about Jesus was almighty. Let me tell you something. Jesus is almighty if you never do a thing. He was almighty before he became flesh. Who in the world can say he got off, off of his throne in glory? Compressed himself into a sperm, joined himself to an egg to take upon himself flesh. And you want to talk about might? Traveled through a birth canal. Nursed on breasts he made. You know he picked the right ones. I'm going to be eating now. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's a re- it's, come on, it's a reality. I'm getting ready to make myself an infant. I have to make sure that I have a responsible mama, a healthy mama, a one that will keep me. So we don't want to think, see, the problem is we don't want to tell the whole story because it's too human and it's too too natural. We don't want to realize that. God is natural, super, supernatural, supreme, and supernal. We need to know that. Just because you don't see how they do it doesn't mean they don't do it our way. Because there are a lot of things that God said he made us a, a type and shadow of. This man did that, and God said to me, he said, tell my people. Man, I've got to face over. We are, get over here and ring this bell. Tell my people. Hit it. Yes. <laughs> you took pleasure in that, didn't you? This is what God said. He said, I don't have a problem muscling in on the devil. Satan serves me. I run devils. They don't run me. Oh. They run you. They don't run me. And God said to tell you, I can muscle in on a devil. That is not the problem. The holdup is not what I can do. It is what you will do, what I get done. What will you do with what I accomplish? Because that's the problem. See, God could have stopped anything, but the smugness of humanity is that, our way is the way, and hey, we thank you, God. We don't need you. We got this. You understand that God did not want Afghanistan to happen, but he knew that we were not going to put it all on the line to prevent it. Wow. He did not want the Ukraine, so don't act like it's Jesus. He did not want it, but you didn't give him a reason to supersede the powers that be, because who was going to keep it? So you have the mind of Christ, thoughts of God. So God thinks things through, and he's kind of like, why am I going to rescue you when you have not thought enough about what you're going to do or how you're going to live rescue-free or captivity-free? So God can muscle it. We, just like we looked at it, we, and he said, I proved my point. I put a man in the White House mm-hmm. who changed your nation like no one has ever done. Yes, 
We have prosperity. We have power, and we have scared enemies. But you wanted a pure. You wanted to talk about how he didn't speak right. The fact that he reaped, gave you something to reap didn't matter. And you know why? Because you are so busy misunderstanding harmless as doves. See, because a dove comes after the flood. Yeah. I want you to hear this. Devils come before the flood. But a dove comes after the flood. The, gu- the dove is a sign that the battle is over. That the war has been won. The campaign succeeded. That's the dove. Yeah, yeah. They don't hear me. See, we wanted the dove to lead the flood. But understand that the raven was the bird of prey that was in the flood. They said he, and Noah sends out the first thing. It's a raven. Raven's not peace. Raven's a predator. Hear me. Because you are going to have to back down off of that childish Christianity. And you're going to have to let a warrior be a warrior. I want somebody who talks tough. If he can win a war with words, come on, win it, son. Win it. I don't want somebody sitting there, standing there, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, all throughout the battle, and not fight. Fight and pray. Our Father, whack, who are in heaven, boom, hallowed be your name. You all want a pacifist because you want to be the pacified. And God wanted to give us a general. And God proved that we wouldn't keep it. Well, why won't God stop this? Because he did. He stopped it with that man. Well, it's not our fault that they stole the election. Yes, it is, because you should have hit the streets. You should have made such a roar. You should have used your full authority and not say, well, uh-uh. And the way they did, well, they told you to put on a mask. You put on a mask. Told you to stay at home, stay at home. True warrior. See, we're not. We like to talk warfare. But we like to walk weakness. Let me tell you, you all have no idea how offended God is. You did not keep what he gave you. And now you're buying a whole new line. Well, my boy, I might as well not vote because it won't count. That's a coward's way out. You need to flank those polling booths like you have never flanked them before. You need to, honey, check, fact check, back check, rap check, track check. You need to tell this devil, not this time. You need to tell your friends and tell your families and tell your relatives and tell your your neighbors, we are not going out like that. You're not doing it this time. You're going to sign up to check everything that looks like it can pull a lever. Oh, y'all not hearing me. Because that's what God feels. He felt I fought for you all. You have no idea what I did, what, what I had to take out, the warfare I had to have behind the scenes to put that man over your country. And you do it like that, and now you're going to tell me, now nah, I got to fix it. I didn't break it. I didn't ruin it at all. 
But if you want to prove to God that you will keep it, you better make sure that you get out there and act like the offspring of the Godhead, act like a child of faith, and you better get to every pole. You better make sure, I mean, flood them. Make it, I don't care if they take three days to get the vote. I don't care. You're saying we're not going out like that. You did it before. You'll not do it again. If you want God to intervene, because if you don't, he's turning this thing over to hell. You don't have an either or. Well, I don't know. You can argue about me all day long, or you can let that little speck of faith you have, that grain of a mustard seed, tell you she's right. And you better act on it. Because you don't know. He's hot. God is very hot about us not fighting for his solution. He's furious about it. That's why people are dying. That's why he's not visiting hospitals. He's not doing it. Shutting down churches, wiping out pastors. God is seething. When you read all of that, well, I don't know about that. But that listen, when God was hot about the whole uh, Baal Peor thing, it said God started to smolder and the plague hit the land. We thought the plague was one day. We didn't realize the plague went on and on and on. on. Like they do. See, cause you, just because you can read it in a second doesn't mean it happened in an instant. He's very disturbed about what you all didn't do to fight for his solution. You didn't have his back. You rather, instead, you jumped to the other side. Well, they look like they're winning. Let's go fight for the adversary. And you started fighting for communists and socialists. And you want God to get involved. God's neither. God's a constitutionalist. Go to my website. They're going to put up there my word cloud on Constitution and Republic. Go and download it so you can understand what God is fighting for. Right now, he is really very third with us. You're like, well, I just don't know. God's answer was Trump, whether you like it or not. Interestingly enough, Trump is a short version of Trumpet. And the Trumpets always go. Before the fall or the call. <laughs> so you have a really short window. When these midterm elections come, you better flood the streets. I mean, all of take anything that's got because you better know they're gonna make those those almost million immigrants vote against it. So you have to overwhelm them. You must be the flood that God lifts up. Because they're going to be the flood that you have to be the standard against. You better flood this earth, flood the nation, wherever there is a pole, be there before it opens. Have some, listen, make a little money, have some coffee trucks, some food trucks, because you're going to be a while. You're going to tell, no, and you're going to take the spirit of fear off the voters. This is a spirit. It is an unclean spirit, and it's a devil that's looking to seal the deal. This here is the deal sealed. This is not a deal maker because the deal's been made. This is the deal sealer. You're going to be at those polling booths. You're going to be there early in the morning. You're going to find, get with your neighbors, get with your precincts, get with whomever you gather with, and find out how to vet the voters. And you better be ready to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because you owe him because you shouldn't have let that man stay out of office. You owe God, and this is your reparation. This 
is your reparation. You want to repair your relations with the Almighty? Start with this. We'll do other things, but start with this. What do you get, Marissa? I, I just have to do this promo. She has a promo. Yes. You want to... Um, yep. Okay, on Monday at... Colleen, right? She's like, come on in. Monday at 1.30 Central Standard Time, Dr. Price will be on. Is this on? Yes, yes. it is. Will be on Flashpoint on the Victory Channel. She'll be back. This will be your third, third interview. Yes. And she'll be addressing the midterm election. They're doing a midterm election special to help educate and inform people to get involved in the midterm elections. And so you want to make sure that you tune in and watch her address the nation on that as well. Exactly. Because this is important. This is important. I was going to save it for Monday, but I, God decided to say, get started now. Yeah. All of you, if, you don't, if your precincts aren't full, populate them. Do what it takes to prove to God that if he turns this around, you will keep it. You will occupy your stations. You will occupy your posts. You will occupy your seats. This is what God is demanding. God is like, I'll go either way, you make it turn out. And you can talk about it. Well, God is up. This is not about his love. This is about God's effort and his investment. And he said, now, I've invested. He invested a lot to put that man in that seat. Devils went like crazy. Yes, he did. I'm telling you, he did. And we turn around and say, yeah, but I just don't like his personality. Well, baby, how you like him today? Because I'm going to tell you right now, you're not looking for his personality. You wish you still had his person. Because the person that replaced him. And you still won't speak out against that. You sitting here watching news and following newscasters instead of working day and night to, to, to overwhelm them. The word of the Lord on this subject is overwhelm darkness. Overwhelm. Drench it. Drown it. Flush it. That is God's word. All of you all. Every prophet. Are you kidding? God starts everything with a prophet. The prophet should have taken the lead on this. Take the lead. And begin to, if you're going to do anything, you're going to do that. And I want to end it because I don't have but a six minutes, so I'm going, to, I'm going to say this. You can talk all day long about, yeah, but they prophesied and he won. He didn't, they, I'm telling you, they prophesied a lie because he did not win. And if they were going to prophesy, they should have said not that he would win, but that he would steal. Yeah. See, the accurate prophecy it would be about the theft. Yes. Divination is about calling a theft to win. Yes. Yes. We've got a lot on our plates. I'm telling you, by the Holy Ghost, we got a lot on our plates. But you cannot, don't you ask God another thing until you sign up and you give your word and you tell him, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to give you the win. Yes. Whatever it takes, I'm going to earn your, your favor again. A lot of you all, God turned his favor. You're wondering why he's not answering, because you offended him. You discredited him, and you did not back him. You failed him. We're so busy talking about can, 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 can a man fail? Yeah, you failed him. You failed him because he gave you a winner, a winner that would have taken out all of this, all of this. 
Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care about the office, what, what, what party. I don't care about that. What I do care about is who's got the goods, just like the Democrats. The Democrats wanted to know who had the tainted goods. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you, and I know I'm right, and I'm telling you, I, I want you to pray, but I want you to know something. I sit in a very high seat. And what I tell you will happen. You better know God is backing this because I'm not excusing us. I'm not absolving humanity. We failed God and we failed the world, and the world is telling us we failed. Because the lesser nations and the weaker nations no longer have a strong man. So while you were worried about whether or not you were going to get married and have a baby and get a business and get wealthy, all of that has been legislated out of your realm and out of wow. your reach. Now, I'm speaking today, and I'm ending this on the word God gave me, because he's telling you, don't pray to me if you're not going to pray what I'm dealing with, because right now you left me a mess to clean up. I want you to pray your, what broom you're going to get, what mop are you going to get, what bucket will you be, what, what solvent will you be, what water, you, paintbrush, you are going to have to show this man he should muscle out this devil. Hear me, because I'm going to say it three more times, because I don't want you to miss it. Right. You, we as a collective, are going to have to show this man that we're going to muscle out this devil. We're going to have to show our God in heaven that we will muscle out this devil with him. Yeah. That it you're going to have to show him that it is worthwhile for him to muscle out this devil because God doesn't have problems. Satan bows at the name of Jesus. But it's not, he's not going to bow at, the, at an unbelieving de- declaration of that name. Remember, that spirit said, uh, Paul I know, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? That's Bible. Get in your Bible and find out what your God really thinks and feels. Get in there and read it. If your pastor's not preaching the Bible, find one who does or get on to him to me. I'll the Bible. I'm gonna give you a lot of it. But I want you to hear me. This is so important because God is laying down the gauntlet. This is a gauntlet moment. Yes. Prove to me that if I muscle in on this devil, you will keep that which I entrust to you, what I release to you. And I'm telling you, if you're a leader, if you're a politician, if you're a preacher, I don't care who you are. If you sit in a seat of influence, you need to rally your people around this, this word because I'm, we don't get another chance. 2023, it will either be or we will cease to be. You have better accept that. And stop talking about, I don't like how he thinks and I don't like how she acts. You better stop being so fleshy that you're getting ready to be flushed down the toilet. I thank you. Isn't that wonderful? I thank you. Hey, by the way, so a seed. So a big seed. I want you to go dig deep because this is a big work. And that is your first step to sealing this particular conversation. How's that called? Conversation. But hear me. Don't ever say God can't defeat Satan when he's defeated him in heaven, on earth, and in hell. And, and now defeating him in you. Don't ever say that. 
because that is blasphemy. The issue is not God. The issue is you. And God cursed waste. He cursed idleness. He cursed emptiness and vanity. So why would he do something that's going to give him a vain, empty, idle return? So you're going to have to prove yourself. And see, this is one of the reasons why I keep saying y'all need to get me on television so I can get more people. So I need y'all to start saying, Dr. Price, I'm backing you. Dr. Price, this is true. This has to get out. Dr. Price, I, we count on me. And don't just say count on me and you give me your spare change. I don't want your spare change. I want your sacrifice. Because this is saving a land. We're talking about saving a nation that should have never met this devastation. So share, 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 share. So what are you going to do? And all of you all sitting here talking about sharing, I need y'all share now. Not waiting until you can remember. Share this with everyone now. I know. On your page, on your Facebook, whatever. Share and sow a seed. And sow a significant seed. And write on that seed, God, you can count on me. That's what I want you to write. Hashtag God. You can count on me. When you put it in while you're sowing, God, you can count on me. And then you're going to make a commitment to backing the Almighty inheritance for his son who gave it all for us. I love you dearly. If you're in the Tulsa area, we meet every Sunday at the embassy, home of the congregation of the mighty, where God stands. We meet for Sunday school at 8 a.m., and we resume at 10 a.m. for service. Remember, think differently, and you will live powerfully. God bless you.